Welcome back to Sci-Fi and Fantasy Read-Along. We are here today to discuss Chapter 11 of The Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch by Philip K. Dick. Any initial thoughts? Hey, Whew, what a chapter! Yeah, this is, this chapter was a doozy. All right, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off my 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 final opinion until the very end. You should hold off your final opinion until the end. Well, that'll like, be my well, final, go final chapter opinion by chapter of the novel. All right, my right. final opinion of this chapter, I will hold to the end. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be hard. Uh, it's a thinker. You know, this chapter. I was I was kind of hoping you two would kind of like uh, leave this chapter because <laughs> it was like it was it was a little tough for me to follow. I think it was tough to follow, and like maybe some common sense stuff doesn't really play out. Every word every sentence every way that it is placed in this chapter is very understandable mm -hmm. but put together <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a tough one to get through did you dislike it no i didn't dislike it i i, I found it challenging and thankfully because of uh, television movies other things i've witnessed you know in in, in media i'm able to put I'm able to at least say, oh, this is like this. Amazingly enough, this is very much like something that's based off a Philip K. Dick book. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Or a movie, I should say. I feel like when I'm, I'm, when I'm not understanding everything in this book, or I'm trying to understand everything in this book, I'm, I'm going to something that, you know, we've talked about The Matrix a few times, or I have. Mm -hmm. um, this one is definitely, there's a, a lot of uh, the total recall is in this one. Oh yeah. Where uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger guy is talking to himself when he's getting the stuff out of his nose, you know, or right. his head, right? The implant, and I feel like there's a lot of that with the conversation that Barney has with himself in this, and yeah, really good chapter. I liked it, um, but still gives me a lot of questions, which I guess is good because yeah. you know we got a couple more chapters to go. Yeah. It is good. Did you sneak a peek at the next chapter by any chance? Yeah, I did about a sentence worth, and I said, I better stop. I did, too, and exactly, immediately put the book down. I was like, I can't know this now. I can't know this now. As we are doing a read-along, I don't really want to go into the other chapters, even though I just really would rather read the book altogether. I would like that as well, but it would be a spoiler, in my opinion, to know the future at this point. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I could lord my, my, my knowledge over all y'all, but, um, well, why? <laughs> It'd be hilarious if you came to this podcast and just nailed it. He really it. is getting this book. A hundred percent. That would be, that would be unusual. At the, at oh least. yeah. Well, you know, um, as I've, uh, as I, as I read the book, I listen to the book. I listen to someone else reading it. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's a lot of other people on the YouTube and whatnot out there that are discussing the novel and I've stayed full away from those. Okay. But I can't wait to, uh, listen to them later on because, uh, maybe, you know, maybe get a little bit more enlightenment from someone else's point of view, but um, maybe more than that, maybe someone 
explaining something that I already came up with, or we came up with, I should say. Well, maybe together the three of us can figure out some of the stuff that was challenging to each of us individually. That's kind of the goal, I think, and the hope that I am bringing into this. But um, I, I thought this was a pretty fun chapter back on form as far as I'm concerned, and it makes up a lot for the previous three chapters, which I consider to be duds. So, yeah. Um, Philip, any, any thoughts before we dive in? No, just a reemphasis that uh, I, th- I think you guys may have been able to wrap your heads around this chapter more more better. Uh, <laughs> more, more better. <laughs> English is not my strong suit. Uh, better than I myself uh, was able to do so, and, and that's fine. So, yeah, I'm kind of hoping that we can put our heads together and figure out what the heck happened in this chapter. We'll have, we'll come to a consensus. I doubt that, but we'll... <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. I think we're going to be fighting all the way. All right, chapter 11, let's get started. We begin with Leo in his office. He's on the vid phone with Felix Blau, the private security agency guy, and there has been no word from Barney. Yeah, they uh, they suppose whether or not he maybe is dead, but then, of course, they would have found out something. Yeah, the UN would have figured it I out. I would assume yeah, it, the word would have gotten. But how long, how much time has passed? He could have died, and maybe everybody in his hovel died too. I don't know, man. It's, well, it's... They, they were even checking hospitals and, and what have you. So I think as far as their thoroughness goes, they did as much as they could do. There's nothing on the vids. There was nothing in the papes. And so right now, Barney Mearson is, what, uh, MIA? Well, Leo says that he would give his right arm to know what's happening down there at Chickenpox Prospect. That made me think immediately. That did too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as well. I didn't even catch that. Mm-hmm. Giving up body parts. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Well done, yeah. guys. It's Palmer Eldritch's right arm that's missing. Yep. Also, Anne Hawthorne. Oh wait, 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 wait. Is she a spy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? <sighs> Whatever. I lost my moment. Oh, sorry. <laughs> or I stole your moment. I ruined yours. One or the other. But yes, Anne Hawthorne was apparently a spy, and I'm like, that makes so much more sense now. Does it? Well, she's not a zealot. She isn't devout. Or... She's pretending to be a zealot yes. and doing a decent job of it. She has a mission, and it's not very clear to us what her mission she was. She fooled the hovelists at Chickenpox Prospect into believing that she was a zealot, and she took candy with them. Maybe she actually is a zealot who's still also on a mission. Who works for Felix Blau. A mission from God. But they haven't heard from her either. She's also MIA as mm-hmm. far as they're concerned. Well, did you guys pick up that uh, little line about William C. Clark, the uh, PP Layout's top legal man on Mars? Mm-mm. I was just thinking that's got to be an homage towards Arthur C. Clark, because that's a very specific name. Okay. Yeah. Another sci-fi giant of the time, and who definitely Philip K. Dick would have known, admired, and probably worshipped. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I just thought it was an homage, and I think it's cool that he put it in there. All right, so they don't know what's going on at Chickenpox Prospect. Uh, they want to know, would trade in body parts to learn this, but... But Leo doesn't want to go. He's scared. <laughs> He's scared. He does not want to. Leo convinces Blau to go. You're going to have to pay me. Yeah, you got to pay me. Yeah, exactly. And then when he gets off the phone with him, he sees Ronnie looking at him. She's just sitting there watching this conversation go on, and I had no idea until she's like, you know, you're being a jerk right now. He's like, You're doing the same thing that Barney did, which was nothing. 
Like, you're not wanting to do anything. She called him out. She does, and he has a moment where he realizes that he's doing wrong and that Barney was, like, in the exact... He remember, he realizes that he was in the same boat as Barney, and he's like, oh, and Barney's a precog, and he had more information than me. No wonder he didn't want to come. Except Ronnie was like, yeah, except unlike Barney, you can't fire yourself. Oh, yeah, but I thought it was so funny. He's like, I'm firing myself inside. It hurts. <laughs> I, just, I think I laughed when I said that because he's just like, he admits it. He fully admits it to himself and to her, and he's just like, I don't care. I'm still not going. He is super scared about it. He's been I think that makes abused sense. by Palmer. He knows what's in store for people that take that stuff. Yes, and Palmer has already outmaneuvered him and effectively tortured him. And yes. he's like, I don't want to go. People are being manipulated. When they're under Choosy, it's Palmer Eldritch manipulating people. But when people aren't on any drug, the women are doing a lot of manipulation, especially Ronnie. She was able to get Leo to eventually say, all right, I am going to Mars. Leo says that all women are manipulative. He does say that. Yeah, effectively yeah. that was his choice. And then he recognizes that Ronnie was manipulating him also. And that he has to get rid of her. Has he said that before, or was that... Uh, Barney said it, but that was his girlfriend. It was Barney. Um, on... Uh, Winnie the Pooh yes, Acres. thank you, exactly. Leo Bolero thinks that Ronnie is just out for his job. And mm -hmm. he said, is that really why I said it, Mr. Bolero? Do you really believe that? And he said, yes, because you're insatiably ambitious. And that's what I said in the very first chapter. And she says that he's wrong. Well, of course she would say that. But. I'm not so sure, man. Remember, we got the dark-haired girl. We got the white-haired girl. Like, I, I think she might be on the side of angels, personally. I think, um, and Barney I, I is think she's one. Honest. He's a xenophobe. We know this. Everything is flavored with fear and terror when it comes to the alien with him. Like, that's that explains a lot about his character, I think. He, he, he sees the worst in everything. I just think he's kind of a piece of ass, man. And, and we've known this all along. And I think we're giving him too much credit right now. Like, he doesn't like women. He doesn't like aliens. He's like that guy on the train that would just as soon shoot the aliens, right? He's the same way. We've just been following him so long, we think he's the hero. No, I, I, I don't think he's the hero. I don't even know what to think, to be honest. I do recognize the fact that he's not a kind of person I'd want to be my father. Right. Don't worry, he doesn't have children. Well, I'm just saying he's he all he he's very self-centric. It's called self-centered. Well, he is. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, going to fatherhood, he didn't want to have kids because it would screw up his ability to get in a lower apartment. That was Barney. That's Barney. Oh, I thought we were Leo. talking about Barney. <clears throat> we're talking about Leo. Talking about Leo. Leo's the piece of s. Leo's definitely a piece of s. But I thought we were talking about Barney being a piece of You know, I think Etienne said Barney, but... Um, Did I? I think you might uh, have, but I maybe. knew you were talking about Leo. Mm, well, my apologies um, if I caused any confusion. Well, in the end, the result of Ronnie's persuasion is that Leo is going to go to Mars, but he's going to go with Felix and some bodyguards for safety purposes. And his best, uh, his best rocket ship flyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wants the best one. Um, he calls up the DJ, Alan Fane, and he says, still no word from Barney Mayerson? Like, nope, not a word, not a peep. Yeah, in the last chapter, in a drug-induced, a choosy-induced uh, stupor, Barney supposedly contacted the DJ, 
and the DJ didn't know who the hell he was. That was a very likely outcome to that conversation had it been real. Had it been real, the guy's like, I don't know who the hell you are. You know, kind of like, don't blow this for everybody. Exactly, you know, type of exactly. Thing. So either way, either he was in a choosy stupor or it was real. And either way, that DJ was like, uh-uh. But here we're getting real confirmation that he hasn't talked Interesting. to Interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that. If this conversation's actually real also. Leo contacts his secretary, Mrs. Gleason, and he requests the best pilot that they have on hand and the fastest ship to be readied to take him and Felix Blau to Mars. Who's the best pilot, Philip? Don Davis. Don Davis, the best pilot around. He's so good. In fact, he has a perfect record from all those times he's been to Venus and back. Wink, wink. Exactly. Right? I thought all, all I could think of was like Han Solo right now. It's like a smuggler. but And he essentially is a smuggler. So I'm like, oh, Han Solo. Smuggler. All right, so the ship gets ordered up, and Leo pulls out a cigar. It's a green Cuban-ish cigar thing, and he's like, oh, my God, it's perfect. Look at this beautiful thing. But then he bites into it, and it's imperfect. It's crispy. It's like kind of – it's less than properly humidified, right? And that's when Mrs. Gleason comes in with the paperwork. So what he's describing, though, is like a dreamlike state. He's basically saying don't judge something by appearances. Maybe, but do you remember when Palmer Eldritch tried to give Leo Bolero a cigar? Mm-hmm. And it was green. And I'm like, mm-hmm. green cigar? That's weird. Dude, it's a reference to weed. Is it? Oh, God, yeah. Well, okay. I wouldn't know, but I take your word for it. But I thought... It's green, Philip. It's green. Okay, I thought it was a tainted cigar that he was offering Oh, no, sir. That's absolutely not tainted. That's a superior form of tobacco. Uh, well, that's I. <laughs> that's what he said. He said that when it was from Prox. I, I know, I know, I know. Okay, that's, okay. There that's a... what he was referring to. That's why it's green, etc. Okay, all right. All right. So Mrs. Gleason comes in after he's having this experience with this disappointing <laughs> cigar, and she hands him some paperwork to sign because in his own company he has to like requisition stuff and sign documents, and and Mrs. Gleason you can't just go traipsing off to Mars or wherever. Not without paperwork. Right. Not without paperwork. But Mrs. Gleason's hand, he notices, is artificial. What? How did you guys interpret that? Well, then she becomes Palmer Eldritch almost completely, down to the teeth and the face. And he's like, give me the damn paperwork. And she's like, you're going to go anyway? And Palmer Eldritch is surprised that Leo is going to go to Mars. Yeah, and he knowing says... Knowing what he knows. He says, I'm your pilot too. Uh-huh. And I'll be there to meet you also. Which means every single person he meets is Palmer Eldridge. So I'm like, oh my god, he's still in it. And last time, last chapter, I, it's one of us, I can't remember, hypothesized. I'm like, what if you take it one time and you're in this universe forever? You know, it's funny that you mention it because when we go to the very next section, which I don't really want to move there. I kind of wanted to talk about the section maybe a little bit more. But when we go to the next section, that is exactly what Barney is thinking about. Well, I thought Leo was out. I know, and I understand why you would think that. And I, too, thought that at this point, reading the chapter. However, after having finished the chapter, I have my doubts. Well, I don't have an answer, but I, like, he's still in it. He's definitely hallucinating. Yeah, and that's kind of what I, I came up with even with the extra um, part of the chapter. But if Leo isn't still trapped 
by Palmer Eldridge in his little choosy prison, then what he might be doing is seeing like uh, after images or uh, flashbacks, things that bring you back to that moment, but they aren't necessarily there. He's not terrified. That's true. He's terrified about going to see Palmer Eldridge, but he's not terrified when he's confronted by the visage of Palmer Eldridge over Mrs. Gleason. Doesn't even change his mind. So, I don't know. Is it just because he made up his mind? He does have a powerful will, there's no question. I mean, even though it got broken down by Ronnie, uh, <laughs> uh, he was like, well, I'm doing it. You know, this is it. And there's nothing you're going to be able to say to stop me. He didn't seem like too surprised that uh, her arm was, you know, metallic and yeah. Palmer Eldritch was Mrs. Gleason. It's not something that we can answer. And I don't think even after reading the entire chapter and we get a better explanation towards the end, even then, I don't think we can answer the question. I think we're going to have to finish the book before we'll know. And even then, we might not know. That's probably true, <laughs> depending on how this thing ends up. Ah, oh, it was crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Right, let me ask you, before we go to the next part, yeah. if Barney gets together with his old ex-wife, I'm not going to be too happy, I don't if think. If Barney gets together with Emily, yeah. you're not going to be too happy? I don't really foresee don't that happening. Is that real? It just seemed like so... I understand that he's going back and trying to grab on to something that he lost. It just feels so very um, needy, I guess. Sure. And that's the one thing that Barney didn't really seem necessarily. I mean... Maybe she's mentally regressing, and he is too. Maybe he is needy. He is but needy. Just, he's needy like for, for things that aren't uh, it, attached with a human being, it seems like. You know, he wants all these other things, but, um, his, uh, his, yeah, his weakness is women, basically. You know how you can work on something very, very diligently for a long time and you can become very good at it. You can become an expert It's you know, just practice makes perfect essentially, but maybe you practice that one thing to the exclusion of most or all else. So you paid a lot of attention to your career, but in the short run, you you neglected personal relationships. You neglected to grow up. And now he's faced with the notion that he failed. His career's over, and he looks around him and he sees that he didn't he did a bad job at everything else. And so he's trying to go back and practice. He's trying to catch up with those skills that he neglected. Well, I, I comprehend what you're saying, but I, I, I didn't get that out of... I'm interpreting. All right, so we move over to Barney. Barney is still in the transmission room at Chickenpox Prospect, having just had that phone call that he thinks he had with the DJ Alan Fane. And when he's in there, what's her name? Ann Hawthorne kind of raps on the door, and she's like, Barney, are you okay? Barney's not okay. No, he's not. He's thinking about the fall of man, and he's thinking about how it's a one-way trip. But at least with Christianity, there's a way back into the good graces of God. He doesn't know that there is any way back from Chuzi. It, too, is a one-way trip, seemingly. But he doesn't know if there's any way to be free of Chuzi. It took me a long time to understand what he was getting at because the wording of that paragraph was real weird. But I, I'm pretty sure that's what he's talking about. He wants Anne Hawthorne's bindle of choosy. Like, he wants more. This was another moment like Stephen R. Donaldson. 
when he knows that he is in the choosy trip and he's like, I can just take it from her. And he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't Norm shine, right? Norm shine. One of them. He's in the transmitter room yeah. and he's like yelling at them. What are you doing, Barney? Let her go. And then all of a sudden there's like this mechanical arm that's pushing him. Clawing at his throat. Palmer Eldritch is in Anne. And Barney is ripping away the bindle of Choosy from her. Uh-huh. And he like runs in his room and just chows it down. She warns him. She tells him not to do it. It's too soon after your initial dose. You gotta wait 24 hours. And he ignores her. He runs off into the room, and she's like, please, just split it with me. It's too much for you. Split it with me. Maybe we can do it together. We'll do it together, yeah. That's that's what she wants him to do with her, her mechanical arm. But ult- let's be honest. Ultimately, this is a continuation of the theme of women are manipulators. Not this one. <laughs> Unsuccessful. I mean, yes, this one is, but this one's Palmer Eldritch, right? Mm-hmm. He thinks that she's Palmer Eldritch, and I, th- I would say rightly so based on what he's experiencing. He says to himself, no, he says to her, I don't need your help, essentially. Like, I can do this on my own. He's closed the door. He's locked the door. He's in there by himself, and he does chew the choosy, all of it. All of it. And he's thinking, importantly, about Leo when he does so. Well, I forget what exactly he says. Let me see. He's thinking about Leo, and he says, help. Yeah, he does. And then Leo's there, right? He is there with Leo in Leo's office. Is this like when Leo was under and he made that doorway to New York? I couldn't tell you. But, like, a manifestation of Leo is there. It seems like he teleported to Leo is what it seems like. Because he spends the rest of this section of the chapter trying to get back to Mars. That's right. He... uh, But we've... mm. Uh. <laughs> we know we, we we find out that he's a phantasm. Should I say that he's a ghost, a phantasm? He's a ghost. Uh-huh. He's there, not there. And he's traveled in time. He's traveled two years in time, in fact. So, like two years have occurred. Yeah. And now the ghost that was under the choosy trip of Barney is now in New York talking to Leo, mm-hmm. and Leo's like, "Oh yeah, you're one of those phantasms. Choosy is illegal." Um, we've dealt with Palmer Eldritch and he's like, what do you want? He's like, I want to go back to Mars. Well, no, that's not totally true, but yes. He initially wants help getting Emily back. Right. And like all this time has passed and Emily has moved on. Uh, her husband, they're divorced now because he gets in trouble having been involved with Palmer Eldridge's crazy scheme to take over the world. That was awesome, and that made so much sense. When we find that out, I was like, oh, no wonder he signed the contract without conferring with Emily. That's why. Because they, the, Philip K. Dick needed this moment to get Richard Nat out of there. So that Emily won't get busted, basically. Yeah, she can be single, living on Earth, wealthy, slightly regressed. Making the best men's possible. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I don't know why they did. I thought they were planning on kind of continuing the process. They were going to transition into a men layout business. I remember that being said. That was what was supposed. Maybe 
maybe it's um, whether you meant to want to do it or not, you knew that there had to be something of the past to get people into what you're, you know, you don't just, you don't just all of a sudden make headphones that don't plug into your cell phone. That would be a paradigm (laughs) shift that um, that people are going to get really upset. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think you're right. You I kind of feel that's kind of what that is. I remember they said it was for the transition. The transition to translation. Back on track, yes? Yes. Let's go with the the Emily stuff. He wants to get back with his wife. Still. But Leo is like, you're, uh, you're, you're two years out of date. I don't remember because he has this conversation twice. He has this conversation now, and then he has it again in a couple of minutes, right, with two different people. And they tell him two different sets of facts or details. And I don't remember exactly what was going on here, but I know that he's being dissuaded that Leo is telling him it's not going to work out. You have already done this is basically what he's saying. The real you, not the phantasm you, the you that's you <laughs> here in this time right now. Well, you don't think that when Richard Nat was divorced and being uh, shuttled off to wherever they're going that you didn't go in and try and warm up to Emily. You did. Right away, I would assume. The worst part for you now is that Emily and Ronnie... They're buddies. They're pals. Yep. <laughs> they're telling trade secrets. And current Barney, the Barney that's native to this timeline, is living with Ronnie. So probably at some time, Barney, while living with Ronnie, still went over to Emily's house what trying to... What a dirt bag. <laughs> Well, he is. Oh, my God. He tried to, like, rip apart uh, Emily and Richard, like, in front of Richard's face. Richard was a dirtbag in his own right, though, so I have no sympathy. But I got to ask, I'm like, is he two years in the future, or is he just tripping? He doesn't know. I don't know either. Leo is pretty convincing, don't you think? Uh, yes. Uh Well, Barney wonders whether or not Leo, out loud, whether or not Leo is Palmer Eldridge and Leo kind of taps on his chest mm. and says there's no way I'm not mechanical I don't have fake yeah. teeth I don't have fake eyes yeah but he could be anything he could be a dog it is suggested that Palmer Eldridge is omnipotent and omniscient inside of choosy there are ways to evade him within the choosy trip are there it sounds like there is but ultimately he's going to find you and when he does it's you might not know it until you finally see the, the the mechanical arm or the crazy teeth and eyes. Then you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> Palmer Eldridge is here again. Well, Palmer Eldridge does not show up when Barney is talking to Leo, but Barney is suspicious. He wants to get back together with his wife. He's being, he's being dissuaded by Leo. So he's like, I'm leaving. And he goes out into the hallway. But then when the door opens to the elevator, there are six Palmer Eldridges standing inside. That was creepy. I mean, I seriously, like, this This sounds like hell. It sounds like a nightmare. It sounds a, like a really unpleasant experience. If you can't get into it, it definitely would be. You know what the creepy part to me is? Not just that the elevator opened and there's six Palmer Eldridges. It's when he's standing in the hallway and he says, Palmer Eldridge, help me get my wife back and the doors open. When he starts essentially praying praying to Palmer Eldridge. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I'd like to point out also that this is the second time he has asked for help. From Palmer with Emily? He just asks for help. Okay. Okay. Oh, you mean in this chapter? He asks for help three times in this chapter. And this is the second time. The first time he got Leo in his office, 
the second time happens right now, and he gets six Palmer Eldridge's, which six, six, six. Oh, six I didn't oh, get that. Look at you. I mean, who knows? Who knows? There's just one right now. Anyway, so the, the elevator is open, and he has this conversation. He wants his wife back again. He has a similar conversation that he had with Leo just a minute ago, and Palmer's like, no, you're a fool, and he repeats a lot of the same information. You know, you've already tried. You've already failed. You're a ghost. What are you going to do? And then he's like, how do you like it? This is what St. Paul was talking about with the incorruptible f- flesh. You have it now. How do you like it? He doesn't like it. I don't know how they get on the topic, but they talk about the death of Palmer Eldritch, his death which is the story of how Leo Bolero jumped him in one of his armored ships on the way back from Venus or something like that and yeah. killed Palmer Eldridge. Which was before the Leo we just saw. I'm talking timeline-wise. The Leo that we just saw that was talking about the two years that have gone by and everything. In that time, he has killed Palmer Eldridge. Must have done because they had the conversation about the monument in that conversation as well. They did, yes. So there's already been a monument erected to Leo Bolero, the living hero who defeated Palmer Eldritch, the betrayer or whatever he was referred to as. I don't remember. Now it's here where we realize Palmer Eldritch, in the form of Anne Hawthorne, tricked Barney into wanting to take that choosy. Yeah, it's like reverse psychology, right? Did Palmer Eldritch at one time just take a massive amount of choosy also, not unlike Leo or not unlike Barney. I suspect yes. If all of this is so that Barney won't go through, won't be able to go through with his plan to ruin the whole choosy thing, you know, Leo's plan, mm. why didn't he just overload Leo? Who says he didn't? <laughs> well, Leo doesn't seem to be a phantasm. And we haven't seen him that way. That's I'm not even sure whose reality we're in right now. <laughs> That's oof. well. We were wondering, we were wondering whether or not this is just Leo still tripping, right? Uh, I th- Leo seems Barney. like he's tripping. No, Leo was. No, I was really thinking Leo. Well, they, yeah. I mean, they both seem like they are. They're, I mean, they're obviously seeing things. They're seeing Palmer Eldritch. See now, what I'm thinking is that Barney is still in the middle of his trip. Leo is having what is called a flashback, but Barney is like in it. He's still in it. Do we have anything to say about St. Paul? I'm not Catholic. I didn't have anything there. That weird thing that Palmer said about the vision that he had on the road to Damascus. I looked into that for a while and like that was Uh that was Saul's conversion to Christianity. That's when he became Paul. I couldn't find anything about like the subject matter of the vision anywhere so i don't i don't know what that's about but the six people in the elevator they go back to being normal people barney starts to wander around aimlessly seemingly he goes down to the ground level he looks at the directory for the company he sees his own name and he's like i'm gonna go visit myself so he gets in the elevator and heads up he notices also that it's like hey i got that job i always wanted writing herd over all of the other Prefash consultants. You know, Barney being so... Shouldn't that have been a clue that this is a fantasy land? Well, no, it's not a fantasy land. This is two years later, right? It should still be a clue that this is fantasy land. Why? He said in the last chapter he didn't want to get off Mars. One. Two, like it was going to take a couple of years for him to have his face redone and his fingerprints burned off so he could return to work, not as Barney Mayerson, but as somebody else. 
Well, that's true. And now here he is, Barney Mayerson, writing Herd. It's like he's living his fantasy, except that he's not with Emily. But if Leo saves the world and Barney was an instrument to saving the world, I might allow you to come back to Earth. If Leo saved the world, maybe the president of the uh, two Germanys said, ask me any boon and I will give it to you. (laughs) I want my friend Barney to come back. I couldn't have done this without good old Barney. Well, Barney, the phantasm, goes to visit himself. Yeah, he opens the door and Barney, the real Barney. Was expecting him. <laughs> he says, close that He's door. He's like, get in here quick. We don't have a lot of time. That should be a clue also. That's where I was suggesting that maybe even though Eldritch can go and affect other people under a choosy influence, maybe if he isn't, if he's not attentive, then you have some time in between he becomes attentive. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's not following right away. Right, mm-hmm. you know. He uh, has a lot to pay attention to if he is God and he's paying attention to everything and everyone that's going on. Well, and see, that's the thing about God is that, you know, people die under God's watch. Of course they do. people don't get what they want from God all the time. That's because they're asking the wrong question in the first place. Death is not a punishment. It is the natural result of life, right? It wouldn't be precious if we didn't die. God helps those who help themselves. I think he says that, doesn't he? Yeah. All right, so let's talk about their conversation. Choosy affects superficial changes. This is where Palmer Eldritch's power really lies. They're not actual changes. They're superficial. This is going back to the essence and accident discussion that we had a long time ago where the essence is the essence of the thing or the person and the accident is the the variable things like the color of hair, the things that can change. Palmer Eldritch is dead and buried on Sigma 14B. It's been verified. That's another thing that Barney, the now Barney says. And the Phantom Barney wants to get back to Mars now. He's dropped this thing with his ex-wife. I guess he's been convinced that it's a (laughs) non-starter. It ain't going to happen. Get over it. All right. So the recovery time from Choosy. It could take a long time to get off of it. I think he said it could take a million years. What? I don't remember his exact words, but he suggested it takes a long time. And, And the thing is, is that even when you're out of the translation. You're still going to hallucinate. You're still going to get those hallucinations from time to time. And those are going to be Palmer Eldritch, I guess. Even though he's dead, he still exerts control. And the closer you are to the drug experience that you had, the more powerful his exertions can be. So that would be like Leo not caring that his secretary has a prosthetic arm. Right, because he thinks he's he's "Eh, still just hallucinating. It's getting less and less frequent. He's more and more in the real world. So, yes, I think that's this is a good time to have that conversation about like how far Leo is actually in the Palmer Eldritch world universe. It seems like it's a very gradual thing, but he's slowly coming out of it. I assume he sees Palmer Eldritch fairly regularly, enough that it didn't shock him, because it didn't shock him. But he's still afraid to go back to Mars. He didn't want to get Choosy shot into him again. Right. Leo believes that he's in the real world, and I definitely can't rule out that he's having these flashbacks or hallucinations, and he's he has blown them off, which, as you said, kind of indicates that he is he knows he's having hallucinations. Oh, yeah. Undeniable. 
Maybe he's questioning reality or not reality, but either way, he believes that he himself right now is in the real world, which is why he's acting. He definitely acts like he's in control and in charge. Yes. But uh, at the same time, I uh, absolutely yeah. cannot rule out. It would make me worry. You know, there would always be that, that thought in the back of your mind going, huh, am I? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, because he thought, I mean, when he was tripping the very first time, he thought he was in his own office. So what about the levels, the different levels of choosy experience? What do you mean? He described it as a series of levels. You can go deeper and deeper into it. Oh, okay, okay. Like the, I don't know, the different levels of hell, perhaps? The 666 layers of the abyss? I was wondering about that because two times in this chapter, Barney or somebody talking to Barney said, you could have just waited. See? One time was when Emily became single again, and he was told by Leo, you could have just waited. The second time, I think, was from Palmer Eldritch, and it had to do with his job. And he's like, see, you could have just waited. You got that job after all. But he threw it all away when he volunteered. But wouldn't that be hell? If you were, let's say you did commit suicide, right? And then you were shown how successful you're going to become doing this thing that you love to do before you committed suicide. Wouldn't that be hell? Isn't that what's happening to Barney? Yeah, I honestly, this seems like hell. It's throwing in your face, Mike. Everything, like, this is what you could have done, but you didn't. Unfortunately, I think we're going to go deeper into hell in a moment. I think so, too, yes. <laughs> I think you so, too. <laughs> All right, so anyway... There are many layers to this experience. This is Barney explaining the experience to his two years ago, Barney, the phantasm, describing it as a series of layers and how you, know, you have to come up out of each layer successively, and it can take years. And this is when Ronnie enters. Yeah, she freaks out at first a little bit. She says, I've seen phantasms before, but never one of you, dear. They're living together. Sure thing. Yeah. Does that mean she's done choosy also? Because no, it means that the people who do choosy are the ones that become phantoms. I'm guessing she never did it. But what I'm getting at is, how can she see him? If she's because everybody done... can. Everybody can. They're the ghosts. Because his after image is still wandering around. And she's not seeing Palmer Eldritch. She's seeing Barney as a phantom. Do you think, just throwing out there, so do you think when you take this drug, you literally... Like astrally project yourself in time and space, something like that. Yeah, because he traveled. He traveled to another planet two years into the future when he took Choosy. According to his experience, remember this is a drug hallucination. He said that himself. He was convinced that this was a hallucination, and it's not something to take terribly seriously. So we're we're seeing his hallucination and the interactions that he's having with all these people. And remember, they're as real as they have ever been. It's a perfect simulation, maybe better than perfect. So they begin discussing how to help Barney get back to Mars. And this is when Barney, the current Barney, the real flesh and blood Barney, tells us a little lie. What's the lie? Cal has to do with Cal. Oh, that's right, Cal. They have a, a, a at Berkeley. They have a. They've been doing tests on what phantasms or something. Bombarding them with like beta particles or something. Yeah, and they can get us back to Mars using PP layouts. I think uh, Ronnie spots this and she's like, "Huh, that's really funny. I've never heard anything about this. I don't think that's true because it isn't. That's Palmer Eldritch now. 
Palmer Eldridge has taken over Barney, the current Barney. Oh my gosh, this is... So he just shows up. Like he... Barney said close the door before he shows up. They have a little conversation, then the dude shows up. Doesn't take long. He was right. We don't have a lot of time, is what he said. Unless it was just Palmer from the very beginning. I don't know if it was or not. What I do know is that I really liked getting the explanation of the layers and the amount of time that it takes to get out of it. And a lot of stuff makes sense when Barney explains stuff to us. And I have noticed that throughout the book, Barney is the one doing a lot of the explaining for like how the rules are, how, what, how things work in the world. It's, all, it's often Barney that's doing it. You mean like even when he's taking a cab and he has to take stay out of sunlight because you'll burn up and stuff like that? It's Barney that's going through the real world. Well, we're seeing Barney's experiences in those cases, but like I think Barney kind of tells the truth. At least at this point in his life, he certainly does. Well, do you think like real Barney or Eldritch? Real is, Barney. I, I don't even know how to describe it. There's ghost Barney and real Barney. Is he telling the truth? I think he was up until a point. I think he was probably telling the truth. I mean, it, ultimately, it's to help the reader understand what's going on. Really? <laughs> <laughs> There's no payoff if you don't understand the novel, right? No, I, I agree there's no payoff if you don't understand the novel. I'm just frustrated by my own mental inadequacy. So I brought up before that they were actually got on the discussion of gravity because the phantasms and ghosts are still affected by gravity. That, to me, suggests that they are real in some capacity because it doesn't matter whether you have physical substance or your energy, you're still affected by gravity. I, I, I really got into the physics of this probably way more than I needed to, but I did get excited that he stuck that in Were there. Were you not interested in Ronnie referring to Palmer Eldritch as my good god? Please say that, because we, we, we argued earlier. Where exactly do you see that? Uh, Very middle of 201. 201, right there. Oh, I, my good god is talking... She's talking uh -huh. about the uh -huh. god. The god. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, it's not Palmer Eldritch. You think that's just thrown in there? She said, my good God. And Yeah, I, I read it too. I, I'm pointing it out to you, actually. She's not talking about Palmer Eldridge. Uh, are you sure about that? Well, she's talking to Barney, the future self. Who has now become Palmer Eldridge. Uh, she's true. making a claim to the real God. Uh-huh, I think it's pretty casually thrown in there, don't you? No. No. It's like I'm saying jeez or Jesus or... Which the author has refrained from doing throughout this entire novel. Yes, but he's... My good God, right now. is he just going to wander around here forever? Is she talking about... She might be making a, a form of prayer, not to Palmer Eldritch, but to the real deal. But remember where we are. We're not in the real world. Well, Palmer Eldritch was previously, early in this chapter, referred to as a god, but with a small g. So she's making a a connection to the real Christian God in this particular case. I hate that word. A God, the God, her God, but not Palmer Eldridge. I'm sorry, I, I disagree. I, I did not interpret it that way. I, I understand that, but it is there. She does say it. And notice that she is talking to him. Yeah, uh, Palmer Eldridge says, uh, good question. I wish I knew for myself as well as him. So is he saying that, like, he's stuck in this, uh... Read the next sentence. Oh, you want me to read it all? I'm in a lot deeper than he, remember? Yeah, because Palmer, remember he spent a relative century on this stuff. 
who knows what the Proxers did to him or he did to himself under their guidance? Who knows what happened? But he is in deep, according to him. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I think you're absolutely right. He said, I'm in a lot deeper than he is. Is Palmer Eldritch just looking for a buddy? I don't... <laughs> Someone to hang around with? He's trying to bring everybody down to his level. Literally. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a long time. Palmer essentially confirms that what Barney had said before Palmer took over Barney's flesh and blood body is true. That it's going to take a very long time for the choosy to wear off. And that he might as well do it in a form that is not subject to the passage of time. That is not conscious of the passage of time. He says that like inanimate objects, essentially, they just aren't aware. They just pass a century and they don't even realize it. So if they have no real consciousness and you choose to be an inanimate object, are you an inanimate, uh, inanimate object forever? No, because Palmer has been all of these things. How could you choose when to come out or when not to come out? Do you just come out naturally or? Maybe it's like relativity. When you're on the spaceship traveling faster than we're traveling on Earth here, you're not conscious of the difference. Time just passes differently. Well, I figure, you know, like uh, suspended animation. Instead of traveling a distance, you're traveling, or the distance Through is time. time. Yeah. Not only time, but it's time served under the choosy prison system. Right. You can go into the courtyard and do all the things that prisoners do. Or you could choose to just be that toilet. And not even have to worry about it. Toilet sounds horrible, though. I know. I was about to say nobody's going to choose to be a toilet, but then I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, there are people who would choose to be the toilet. Well, I really appreciate what Barney chooses to transfer into. So are you speak. serious? It what sounds so it? lame. It's a plaque that his wife, Emily, Emily. gave him. is from back in the Emily days. She earned it. It's an award. So what's it doing in his office? It's probably a keepsake. Barney chooses that because he knows that Barney in the future won't ever get rid of this. You know, it won't be disposed of, I guess. And Palmer Eldritch says, would you like me to help you? And Barney says, yes. That was Palmer Eldritch asking Barney if Barney wants help. It's just, it amounts to the same thing. I think that's the third time. If Barney's and asking for help and asking for help and then this person offers help. He said yes. So this to me, I mean, it smacks of Twin Peaks. Oh, like that knob. Well, you have to let you have to let Mike in. Oh, I see what you're saying. I was thinking of something else. You can resist, which Laura Palmer did, but her father let him in. Oh, is that a spoiler? All right, since we're talking about Twin Peaks really quick, yeah. I, I got to do this one right Josie, who uh, dates the sheriff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is in the inn, and her last moment in the program, she basically goes into the knob of a chest of drawers, basically. What? I'm thinking of that in conjunction with Barney becoming a plaque. I always wondered, like, what was the symbolism of Josie turning into a knob on a door, basically? And this kind of fits in a little bit. Anyway. What a strange thing to happen. Yeah, but that does happen to Barney. He Well, that's what he thinks is going to happen, but it turns out that it was a trick. It was a trick. Palmer Eldridge yeah. has no intention of turning him into the plaque to let him wait through time. Is it because like he's figuring things out that Palmer Eldridge is trying to trap him that way? 
I have no idea. You know, since he's talking to himself in the future, since he's like kind of figuring stuff out, Palmer Eldritch is using Barney's despair to further entrap him. I don't know. What I do know is that it was said someplace in this chapter that Barney was targeted by Palmer Eldritch. Oh, it was the other Barney told him that you were targeted because you were a threat to their organization. They didn't know what was exactly happening. They just knew that you were part of it. So it may just be that that is true. And Palmer is just an extraordinarily clear thinker and plotter. And remember, he had a hundred relative years to plan what he was going to do, according to Palmer, which may or may not be true. It's very, very hard to say. But he is tricked by Palmer. He is not turned into the placard that he intended to spend time as. He instead is forced down a tunnel. And in anger, he vows that I'm going to get back to Mars and I am going to mess this guy up. Since Palmer Eldritch is dead in real life now, but his phantasm is still affecting everybody's choosy experience. And has eternal life. He wants to get out of it. And in an effort to do that, he needs to sucker somebody into taking his place? That's what it sounds like, yeah. He just turned Barney Mayerson, the Phantasm, into Palmer Eldritch, the surrogate, to be on the ship that Leo Bolero is going to blow up. What? So Leo Bolero doesn't kill... Palmer. Palmer. He kills Barney. He kills Barney. And yet Barney's Barney, who has the perfect life with Ronnie and gives up Emily is actually Palmer Eldritch. Uh, stop talking. <laughs> Everything here is fantasy. Everything in this world is fantasy. It's it's Barney may be correct about what just happened to him, but the world that he was inhabiting is false. It's not real. And it's only because of that Berkeley thing that we know that for sure. No, he's in a he's in a choosy trip. We know we should know that everything is even Leo even Leo. Remember, they're they're perfect. They are perfect. But Leo's like, I'm not Palmer Eldritch. And he never once gets infected with a mechanical arm or anything. That's exactly what he would say. <laughs> Look, the whole thing was designed by a mastermind to drive Barney down that road. Or at least that's what Barney thinks. He believes that he was outplayed, outthought, and who wouldn't outthink Barney after all? But the purpose being to have a surrogate be killed instead of Palmer. So Palmer can get out. Two chapters in a row with Barney mm. under a choosy where we think he might possibly be out of his trip and he's just totally in it still. Maybe still in it, yeah. Well, actually, this whole chapter I thought he was, but... If you choose to believe that the information delivered to us by the flesh and blood Barney of the time period in the second half of the chapter is true, if you believe what he says, then it is possible to get out of the choosy experience and live a life with some hallucinations, but you're still basically living your life. You're driving. You're, in, you're, you're wearing the pants here. So maybe the first half of the chapter is really Leo Bolero in the real world, acting. Still having hallucinations, but maybe. But it's it's unclear. I'm, I'm loving that fact, uh, personally. Uh. It's unclear that Leo is actually free from his choosy experience. That's true. I mean, you have to wonder. It's not unclear 
that Barney is in his choosy experience. He is not free. Does any reality bleed into the choosy experience? And that's what I'm wondering. Like, is the two years later thing an actual thing that's occurring? I don't see how it could be. Two years is the problem here. Like, if they would have said five or ten, it would be like, oh, well, they, they got their stuff together. Barney took the epilepsy drug. They went to court. They never go to court. It gets they settled settle. out of court. That's such a prophetic thing right there, how common <laughs> sure. people settle. Even still, these kinds of litigations and things take time. You don't think that all of the all of the Leo Bolero killing Palmer Eldritch in two years, unless it's Barney and he gets suckered in again and exploded by Leo. Whew. I don't think I need to continue on with that thought. <laughs> I don't know, but I am I'm super happy with the chapter personally because it's just a mind-bending experience and I enjoy having I enjoy having my mind derailed. That's hilarious because your contrary friend here says that um, I'm the opposite. I think you'll talk to, about this subject with war and I'm going to say pretty much the same thing. I do not like surreal books. I do not like surreal movies. I do not like surreal personal experiences. And this whole chapter was surreal. And I can't tell what is normal or what's right or what's real. That's why you really don't want to do drugs. So the other the other tale that you told us about how you don't want to affect your health is just a bunch of bullshit. I think there's several reasons why I don't want to do drugs. But certainly, you can have my share. Can we talk about Total Recall for a moment? Yeah, why not? We've all seen that movie, right? Both also, of them. Yeah, based on a short story by Philip K. Dick. Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, not very everyman, but... Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? He gets he gets put under so that he could go on a vacation for three minutes, probably. Yeah, it's a mental vacation where he will... Experience everything that he would have, and you can even have implants yeah. put in so that you can uh, you know, have something a little bit more exciting. Uh, yeah. Maybe be a spy, like that's what he Implanted chooses. Implanted memories. The thing is, is like when you watch that movie, when does reality start or stop, actually? Yeah. Because like that whole time in Mars could easily not have even occurred. That could have been the the implanted memories. The implanted memories, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He wakes up from his vacation. That's the point. And they didn't even start the simulation, supposedly. Right. Or they already started the simulation and it's over. Yeah. And then he goes and runs off to Mars and he saves all these people and then it's an action movie pretty much. He pulls that thing out of his nose. That was my favorite part. That was what I was alluding to earlier when he talks to himself. He's telling him, you think that this isn't real. Leo in this chapter says to Barney, you think that this reality, you keep saying that this isn't real. And I assure you it is. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger says to himself, the thing that you used to do is fake. This is the real thing. On the remake, I think at the end it was a little unclear whether or not he was in the dream with the implants or he wasn't. Anna Paquin was in the first episode of the Philip K. Dick vignette show where she didn't believe the memories that she had. Mm -hmm. This is a common theme for this guy. You know, like what is reality? Blade Runner at the very end of the novel, you know, finding that toad in the in the desert. But it is real because it was living in the environment. Therefore, it's real. Big convoluted mess, but like a lot of fun to play with this stuff. Go through your notes. 
Uh, the only thing I underlined was when Eldritch got you to accept the second stronger dose. He knew you had been sent to Mars to operate against him, although he didn't have any idea in what way. He was afraid of you. Doesn't that sound true? Was that delivered by Barney? To Barney? Yeah, that was to Barney. I think he tells the truth. I mean, I think that's one of the rules at this point in the novel. That Palmer has to tell the truth even when he's Not Palmer. Playing- Palmer took over, and it was obvious when it happened. There were physical changes that represented Palmer. I don't think he gets to take over without there being some kind of change. Like a transition or something? Okay, 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 okay. Well, how does stigmata work? When a religious person ends up with stigmata, is that because they have been touched by holiness? I always thought the stigmata was someone that was so devout... And so believing in Christ that they start to develop. They manifest the wounds of Christ. Now, chances are they probably are doing this to themselves, really. What matters is the the intent behind it, right? So when people start showing off the stigmata of Palmer Eldritch, they're inhabited by Palmer Eldritch. Right. And he is holy. He's just a different kind of holy. Did we ever see anybody manifest the stigmata before Choosy was chewed? I don't think so. One thing to pay attention to if we do a reread. I know. <laughs> what do you guys think about Ronnie now? You know, I think your analogy to her being an angel is it might not be wrong. Leo asked her if she would come to rescue him from Mars now mm-hmm. that he's going. She said no. She didn't say she a thing. She didn't say a thing. Oh, that's right. She didn't right. say a thing. And he's like, oh, you're probably just going to take my place. Well, you know, I interpret her as being, like, very, very ambitious and conniving. And then Leo had the same perception. But that but, says more about Leo than it does about her. I think that's true. But I think if I, you said... Well, she said she could be working for the UN like he thought originally. No, yeah. I, I, I actually, I, I've changed my opinion on Ronnie completely. Where she claimed that she's like, I, why am I the bad person? Because I always tell the truth, mm-hmm. and I think that has been pretty consistent with her persona is that she tells the truth. She's also encouraging people to do the quote unquote right thing. Yep. So um, I think your analogy to her being an angel. <laughs> Right, wrong, or indifferent, I think it it kind of fits. When Barney wouldn't go to save Leo, mm-hmm. and Barney and Ronnie were hanging out, making the decision on what was going to happen. They were also talking about betraying Leo at the time. They were talking about betraying Leo. Leo is not a good guy. Well, it doesn't sound very angelic is all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, we, we I, I don't think I put it in the podcast two episodes ago, so there's no context for anybody that's listening, but... Like, we had discussed the possibility that that Leo is kind of like a middleman on the moral spectrum. He's kind of in the middle. He's taking advantage of religious people by selling them candy, and he's taking, you know, he just he just wants money. But on some level, like, he's being opposed by somebody who we refer to as the Antichrist or the Anti-God. Like, where, where's the other representative? Somebody should be representing that spectrum on the far end. And so far, it can't be Barney, although he's, he's just a pawn. <laughs> he's getting there. He's working in that direction. I think he is represented by that book that he had in his inventory. Inventory. I've been playing Minecraft. <laughs> I was like, what? The book that he had, The Imitation of Christ. Yeah. 
that's his path. That's what he's working towards right now. He's trying to get to heaven. He's trying to unburden himself of his sins. But over on the other end, I think it's Ronnie. I don't know who else is over there, though. Ronnie and Emily. I do not understand how Emily fits in. I, I suspect she's going to be or even or at least mentioned later on in the book, but I don't know. She's she devolved, man. Why even bring that up? Why bring her into it and devolve her if she's not going to be in the book later on? I mean, she has to be. It has to mean something. I don't know what that is, but uh, you know, it's just one of those ticks on my mind that I'm like, I'm waiting to get some resolution from that because I don't know. Well, somebody did leave a comment that says the last four chapters are uh, amazing. Was there a comment, or was that me telling you about Luke? Oh, that was you telling me about Luke. Okay, forty pages. He said forty pages. I went and looked. Um, where are we at? Forty pages, I think. He was so counting like this chapter. Pages. He was counting this chapter. Yeah, he was. Well, this was a very good chapter. I did like it. Oh, me too. Uh, me too. It's not so. <laughs> this is it's hilarious. Not so chapter. They yeah. would be so polarized on our interpretation or our our perceptions of this uh, chapter. Just like America. All right. If you guys have nothing else, let's close it down and get get on to reading the next chapter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chapter twelve coming in just a few days time. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you then. Bye all. Bye bye.